What's up, y'all? It's B. Daniels back again with another edition of Dangerous Sports Talk. Listen, the news just keeps rolling in. And with this being the NFL playoffs time and wildcard time, good luck. We got a lot of shit to get into. But before we do that, please follow me, Be Dangerous, on Instagram and Twitter at the Be Dangerous. Also, follow Dangerous Sports Talk, the Facebook page, to get the one of the listeners on there because I got shows on there too. Also, follow the podcast on Spotify, wherever podcasts are available too. So, we're just going to get right into the NFL wildcard games because I know it's been a couple weeks since I did the NFL season. Because I've been doing good covering the season, like, got to give me credit for that. But this is when shit starts to get tight. Wildcard games and playoff spots, yo. Shit is getting real. So, we had the 49ers defeat the Seattle Seahawks 41-23. to the Jacksonville and Chargers game was absolutely fucking insane because the Chargers blew a 20.7 lead and Jacksonville came back to win 31-30. to And this was actually a shocking game for me. The New York Giants beat the Minnesota Vikings 31-24. to And the Giants are actually coming up. And I was shocked this season to see what they did because Saquon Barkley is healthy. He's able to run the ball and he's able to catch passes too, which helps Daniel Jones. And I'm still not sold on Daniel Jones, even though he is in the shadow of Eli Manning. Like, I really don't have too much faith in him. Like, you got to show me a little bit more before I totally have faith in you to be their quote-unquote franchise quarterback. Now, Saquon Barkley, absolutely. He's shown that he can make big game... Big um big gains and big plays when it matters. And plus, this is the longest he stayed healthy in his career that wasn't his rookie season. So I'm glad to see him back on the field. Same with Christian McCaffrey. Also, the Miami and Buffalo game. Now, with the way the Bills are hyped up, more so on their defense than their offense, I would have expected them to route Miami from start to finish. However, Miami stayed in this game and did not flake or give up and did not let let them have that game that easy. So Buffalo ends up winning by three, 34 to 31. And even if you don't like Trevor Lawrence or you talk shit about his long flowing locks and stuff like that, you got to respect the fact that this man showed up to play. Even though he ended up with a loss, you have to respect that. And I know he's going to come back in the next season stronger. And I just hope he stays healthy. Like, that's literally been my thing with the NFL. Just stay healthy. Also, the Buffalo Bills are riding on emotion from Mr. DeMar Hamlin. They're still winning for him. Like, everything they do at this point has been in his honor. So, with that emotion, everything is riding high. They're going to want to do what they can. To win it for him and to banish old Bills teams of the fucking past that got to the Super Bowl and lost. But that's another story for a completely another day. And the damn Bengals beat the Ravens 24-17. to I know some Ravens fans are pissed off to the infinities of being pissed off. One of my good girlfriends is a Ravens fan. I haven't even talked to her yet, but I'm probably going to call her after I do this show. Because she was so happy when the Steelers got eliminated. But she's been a little silent when it comes to her beloved Ravens losing against a division rival at that. 
It wasn't even like you just got eliminated from the wild card. You got eliminated by a division rival that you absolutely hate next to the Steelers. So I know that's got to sting. Plus, they're still talking about Lamar Jackson not playing because he's still injured. And they pretty much want to rush him back. And I'm like, listen, if this man says he's in pain, he does not have to play and put himself at even more risk. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't blame him for not playing either, but I get it. Also, the Dallas and Tampa Bay, also known as <clears throat> Brady Bunch game, is tonight at 8. And I know I'm going to watch that game. Because we know people watch games like this, big games like this, when Tom Brady is the underdog, which is absolutely asinine in this era. So they expect Dallas to choke and Brady to reign victorious and do what he does forever and ever. I'm going to see just to see what the fuck happens because this is going to be fucking interesting to see how it plays out because one thing you can't do, as much as I can't stand his ass, you can't count the almighty Tom Brady out, even though this has been one of his worst seasons or his worst season as an NFL quarterback. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens in that game. And speaking of the damn Steelers, even though they finished 9-8 and eight and did not make the playoffs, Mike Tomlin has not missed. I'm sorry. Mike Tomlin has... Never had a losing season while he has been the coach of the Steelers. Granted, you might have seasons where it's like, okay, you expected him to do a little bit more. He has coached this team to winning seasons. Playoffs be damned. And for my black coach, we got to give it up for that. We got to give it up for Mike Tomlin because we see non-black coaches get the glory for being the greatest of all time doing this doing that turning a team around you know what i'm saying like and that's understandable if you're good at your job that's just what it is but to see a black man in this position to constantly get winning seasons regardless of how the season ends you really can't hate on any of that regardless if you're a steelers fan or not Playoffs, no playoffs. This man has always gotten this team to a winning season. And for that, I am proud. And black coaches matter. Unless you're Marvin Lewis. But still, black coaches absolutely matter. And let's see what else we got to talk about. Oh, we got to get into some wrestling news. And honestly... Everything that has to do with WWE is making my ass itch at this point. Because just last week, or earlier this week, Stephanie McMahon leaves her position in WWE. And I don't want to say that Vince forced her out. But to me, that seems like a level of frustration because there's no way in hell you have been passionate about turning this business around for the better, which you have been doing. Then the second, you didn't even stay around a full week after Vince came back to be like, you know what? I can't do this shit. I'm done. And they also talk about Vince possibly wanting to get back creative control and fire all the moves that Hunter made. And also trying to sell the fucking company on top of that. And Stephanie and Hunter blocked the fucking 
buyout of WWE because it's bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Like, I'm not going to let you come in here because you're bitter that the company is doing so much better without you to have you tear my hard work apart. Because there were conflicting reports of WWE being sold to fucking a Saudi prince who's pretty much going to take the product and strip it from the inside out and make it into something completely unrecognizable. The thought of that pisses me off. And I'm like, listen. Hunter, you better fight like hell. Act like this is a last man standing match. Like, this is when you need to be a heel in real fucking life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't want to see this company go down after you guys work so hard to build it up. And the World Rumble is literally at the end of this month. So with all this extra shit going on, it's like, okay, look. Don't let Vince get his hands into too many things. Because the company suffered immensely under Vince. Granted, there were some astronomical highs, but the lows stand out more than anything, especially in a situation like this. So for y'all to even consider letting Vince take back over is stupid to me. Because you did all this hard work for what? Six months of hard work. Of having the best ratings that you've had in years. Getting your buy rates back up. Getting people to buy the pay-per-views again. All that is back up. The minute Vince starts his fuck shit, that's when shit is going to go right the hell back down the drain. And Hunter, if you have any type of a business mind, which I know you do. He already forced your wife out. Do not let Daddy Dearest force you out. Go back to Armageddon 1999 if you have to. If you really have to go back to that Triple H, please do that. Because the company, as we speak, is at stake. Because Vince wants to run shit his way. And he has to see that it cannot always be his way. If you trusted him to put you in a position of power to run the company the way you see fit, then that shit would it be. That whole thing just irritates the fucking shit out of me. And I don't know if Stephanie is going to come out, come out of quote unquote retirement yet, because it's too soon to tell. Like the day Vince McMahon dies is the day that WWE will become the product that it should have been, because Vince cannot be around to fuck something up or stick his hands in this and that and want to do things the way he wants to do it. Once he is gone, the company will be better. And that's just my fucking opinion. <sighs> but yeah, the whole wrestling shit has been irritating the entire hell out of me. Also, in WNBA news, Miss Maya Moore retires at 33. And I'm like, it kind of shocked me a little bit, but she did take a little bit of time away from the game. Which is understandable. But she has had nothing short of a spectacular career. She is a former MVP, former Rookie of the Year, former WNBA champion. Like, she has done it all. And I think in women's sports, women want to be a lot, be respected just like the men. And only when you're in a certain platform will you actually get that. But her accomplishments, 
cannot be ignored. She was also, uh, I think, a WNBA first teamer a couple of times as well. I don't have her stats in front of me, but I seen it earlier on ESPN. I'm like, okay, I definitely have to talk about this as well because Maya was, of course, one of my favorite players. And I love a lot of women in the WNBA, not even going to lie. But she was one of those players that was a bright spot. And she did what she had to do on the court, and she got her wins. Now she can enjoy her retirement. She is literally a year older than me. And that's pretty damn cool as well. My bad, I had to take a little bit of a break here to respond to a message. But we also got more stuff to get into. We got a little bit of tragic news. Alabama basketball player Darius Miles gets sentenced for murder of a 23-year-old woman. Now, when I was on Twitter yesterday, when I seen the name Darius Miles trending, I thought it was D-Miles, like Clippers Darius Miles, you know what I'm saying? But I had to really look first. I'm like, what the fuck happened to Darius Miles? And I'm like, no the fuck way. Then I had to look to see who it was. I'm like, okay, this is a different Darius Miles. Okay, but still... It always upsets me to see a young man lose his life because he took someone else's life. I don't know what the situation was, but it reminds me a lot of the whole Javaris Crittenton thing. And if you know anything about that, you can see the fucking similarities. But the only difference is Crittenton actually got to the pros. He was on the Lakers. And me and my cousin thought he was a creative player until we seen why he had gotten in trouble in the first place. It's like, oh, okay. But still, it's a similar situation. Once you have that street mentality and you're trying to do good, you're always battling between a lesser of two evils. Like, you got your college life over here. You're playing basketball. You're on the University of Alabama's basketball team, nonetheless. And you should be good. But if you have other influences around you and you have the street mentality still in you and you still want to go out and do all this extra shit with guns and stuff like that, that always makes shit worse than what it is because you could easily keep going right. You could easily keep going right. But when someone else loses their life over something completely fucking senseless, that is where I have an issue with it. Because we have a young lady that could still be with us right now, had it not been for this. Granted, I don't know the entire situation. I don't know what exactly happened, but still, the fact still remains. This possibly be going to jail for the rest of his life because somebody else lost their life over something stupid. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, I feel bad for his family. I also feel bad for his teammates because this could affect them. I can't even say it could affect them. It will affect them because when you make a decision like that, it doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody around you. So he's going to have a hell of a lot of time to think about this shit because I don't even think dude is 22 yet. I think he's 21 or something like that. I don't really remember, but it's just sad and tragic. You know what I'm saying? Like, Somebody, you lost your life because you wanted to take someone else's life. That's never a good deal for me. Absolutely not. Let's see. Oh. Now we're getting to the meat of things right here. So the Lakers keep losing close games. 
they just lost a close game to Dallas about, I believe, two points. And then just last night, Darvin Ham's ass wanted to put the ball in Russ's hands, and he couldn't get a fucking shot off, so he ends up running the clock down. Philadelphia wins. Now everybody's looking the hell around. You had two games that you could have possibly won. You could have won against two relevant teams in the NBA. Really, WNBA? Hell, you play like you're in the WNBA, so fucking may as well. But anyway, you had a chance to beat two relevant teams in the NBA right now. And you fumbled both of them fucking games. In in the Dallas game, it was because of Latois and that broke-ass three-point jumper. This game, it was because of Russ. And even still... Russ has gotten the most triple doubles off the bench. Okay, that's great. And I'm upset about these wins. Why the fuck aren't you, Latwat? Oh, that's right. That's right. You're not too mad about the win about the losses because you were the first, I'm sorry, the second player to get over 38k points. But you still lost a game. And that's been a big-ass issue that I've had with you since you came to the Lakers. Because you can break all your personal records and you want the praise, the accolades, you want everybody to throw flowers at your feet, but God forbid you win a game in the same breath. Because even when you broke Kobe's record, you still lost that game against Philadelphia. Kobe's hometown, nonetheless. And his attention has always been on breaking his own records over actually winning, over actually being a, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, being a leader since he can do anything and lead anybody to the finals, remember? He could take a team of janitors and take them all the way to the finals and win. But what happened here? I see him in the same predicament, in the same boat as Kobe was in. But this isn't so funny like it was for Kobe, was it? It was all tee-hee-hees and ha-has when this was Kobe constantly fucking losing games like this. When he was in his last year of the season... He was he was fighting to stay on the court because he was always fucking injured. And now that he but he is in the same boat, it's not that funny no more. But we always gotta feel some type of sympathy for Lahim. And those same people who wanted us to feel so bad for him want in, want Jeannie and Rob to be investigated for squandering. But his final seasons are the same people who told Kobe to suck it up and deal with it with the fucking sucky teams that he had. They didn't mind watching Kobe lose on the Lakers because they were too busy saucing in Miami and Cleveland at the time. So the same people that had so much to say about this give the same energy to Latwat because he shouldn't get no sympathy for losing either. If we go in there. Latois shouldn't get any sympathy for constantly losing 
But he always breaks his personal records and we're supposed to just appreciate that. No. Kobe didn't get a pass either. As much as I love Kobe to death, Kobe never got any passes for losing games and also breaking personal records because when he broke Michael Jordan's record, the Lakers ended up losing that game against Minneapolis. I'm sorry, the Timberwolves. And yes, you broke the record, but also you still lost. Talk about everything except for what you want want to fit your fucking narrative. And it just fucking kills me. How much shit and how much grace Latwat James gets night in and night out. But Kobe couldn't get half the fucking grace that you give him. This always gets under my fucking skin because I'm like, I've seen this shit years upon years upon years. Now that I'm seeing the same thing happen to him, suddenly the energy is so much different. You told Kobe to deal with it, but you want us to feel bad for him in the same breath. Get the fuck out of here. Also, the Bla- I'm sorry, the Bulls did the unthinkable and beat the Warriors yesterday. So it's like, y'all play against good teams. You compete against good teams. And sometimes you might even win against good teams. But the teams that you that you should beat, you get ran through. And the Bulls are just as inconsistent and indecisive as the Lakers are. Which is why too many Bulls fans haven't been able to chirp and tee-hee-hee about the Lakers because you're on shallow grounds and you can't say nothing to the Lakers about shit. And I'm a Bulls fan just like anybody else. But the Bulls get no pass either like the Lakers don't get the pass. So y'all can talk about Lakers this, Russ that. Like you can chirp about all the negative shit. But you won't talk about anything else. Mm, Excuse me. Because you know the Lakers, you know the Bulls are just as fucking bad with similar with a similar record at that. So you can't even say that. But yeah, I'm always going off and in about the Lakers and Bulls and stuff like that. And I try to go in on the Bulls, but it's like ugh, I won't be pretty much repeating myself because the Lakers and the Bulls and Lakers are both on the same damn level. Regardless if you want to say. Oh, it's because such and such is here, such and such is there. No. Playing wise, both of you are the same. Different players, different personnel. We get all of that. But when both of you do similar shit and have similar records, neither one of y'all can say shit to each other. And the day they play each other this season, oh, I already know. I fucking know. That I'm going to be avoided. Just like I am when the Lakers and Bulls play each other any other time. Because people will be asking me the typical who you got questions. And I'm going to give you a fucking honest answer. And either way it goes. Both will get criticized. Damn. Five, six, seven, eight. Both of them will get criticized as I see fit. Both of them will get praised where I see fit. And... If you think I'm going to show mercy to one team and not the other, 
that apparently you don't know be dangerous whatsoever. You really don't. And on that note, I'm going to get my ass out of here. I knew I was due to do a show this week. I'm like, okay, look. I took my break. I had my break. Now I'm back all the way. I'm back all the way, and I know I got to cover the NFL playoffs and stuff like that. And, of course, wrestling news and all that other good stuff, which we will get into more as the year goes on. And I'm stretching this show out because I'm trying to outdo my fucking numbers that I did last year. And I know I can do it because I have you guys, my listeners. I thank you guys so much from the bottom of my heart. I love you guys for keeping the show going and keeping me motivated to keep doing what I do for you guys and talking about sports, which is my passion. Also, please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at DBDangerous. Follow Dangerous Sports Talk on Spotify, on Facebook, wherever podcasts are available. And I'm going to get my ass out of here because I'm hungry. I'm out of here. Peace.